Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gayatri. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You'll also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. A warm welcome listeners of the Software People Stories podcast to the third episode in the series commemorating Women's Day. In this episode, Shivaguru is in conversation with Manju and Rajiv Kuchal talking about their experiences in IT, challenges for women getting back to work after a break, how social constructs affect behavior, reflections of women at work, particularly in the social sector, and as always, a message for folks wanting to consider a career in IT. Welcome to the Software People Stories, Manju and Rajiv. I'm happy to have you both. Thank you, Shibdhu. And as I was saying, this year we wanted to get the perspectives of both sides, that is the women as well as men, from couples who have been associated with IT and what you've gone through. So we usually start the conversation with a self-introduction with the origin story. So mm-hmm. Manju, if you can go first as to what got you into IT or what you've been doing in IT. And then we'll have Rajiv also share his story and then we'll take it from there. I made a career choice. I was from a background of uh, mathematics and study mathematics. And then I moved on to do my master's in computer application. And then uh, the obvious, obvious choice was to get into the sector, the IT sector. And it was booming at the time when I joined the sector. It, was a, it sounded like a good career option. I thought it uh, gelled with my nature of uh, being uh, sitting quietly in one corner and working. So that kind of prompted me to choose also this as, to look at this as a career option. So that was how my journey started into into the sector. I joined TCS, uh, Tata Consultancy Services, and uh, worked there for about eight years. So and then I uh, took a break uh, because I my kids were born and I could I wanted to spend more time with them and. Uh, and then I joined the social sector and last uh, almost uh, 12 years I've been part of the social sector. But uh, I was lucky because I, in the social sector, I'm still working into the sec- into my, what was my education. So I'm still uh, part of the IT enablement for the NGOs. Very nice, Manju. Yeah, thanks. What about you, Raji? Yes, I think my going into IT was more of an uh, accident rather than a planned operation. When I graduated in 86, uh, IT was not a big deal. Uh, software was still uh, very early days and uh, it just so happened that the job I got, they said, why don't you go to computer department and see if they have something. I went there and then they asked me if I know Cobol. I said, no. So said, Do you know Pascal? I said, yeah, I can manage Pascal. And they put me in this uh, message switching project. So that's how my IT and telecom uh, specifically happened. Uh, similarly, my joining of uh, Infosys in 1990 was an accident in some sense, unplanned operation. I was looking for a job. I got a call from this uh, unknown company. Uh, They were asking me to come to Bangalore and were giving a free ticket. So I said, why not? So I came to Bangalore to give interview. Quite liked uh, the company and I joined them. So I worked there. It was a nice journey. I worked uh, across uh, various groups uh, uh, for about 18 years. And then about... uh, 
13 years back, I kind of dropped out of the corporate world. And since then, I have been working, uh, one is in the startup world, and uh, second is in the social sector space. Very nice. Very different yeah. sectors. But then I guess the social sector has been always a lot more aware of rights and equality and trying to create opportunities. So coming from IT, Manju, since we are looking at how to make the environment more amenable for women, because they have to balance a lot of responsibilities. So when you took a break and when you entered the social sector, what were the learnings from corporate that helped you in shaping your team or your plans here? Uh, very interesting actually, uh, Shiburu, because uh, when I was working, I was really looking for a more flexible environment, and uh, uh, but I couldn't get it. So for a part-time or for a uh, work from home would have really made me because I am a inherently a working woman. My nature is a working woman nature. So, uh, but I didn't get those options. So... Um, no regrets, but when I joined the social sector, most of my team, uh, we have tried to make it a women team. And uh, we are also trying to see if we can get women who have who had to do a mid-career, need drop out of the career. Also, uh, the main uh, focus is to, to give that environment where we understand that as a women, you have a lot of responsibilities. And, uh, but uh, that does not, um, that should not stop you from working. So uh, in our team, we don't say that, okay, these many, uh, you have to be in the office or these many hours. It is all flexible as long as the delivery is done on time. So we, you, we want to keep it professional, but at the same time, you are on your own and you take your own responsibility of work you are assigned. And um, so far it has worked very well for us. So I think the corporate sector really should uh, uh, look at from that perspective. And many women wouldn't need to drop out. Good segue to ask Rajiv, since you mentor a lot of startups, how do you think startups can encourage more women not only to enter the sector, but also stay connected and stay productively connected? Yes, I think there are multiple places. Uh, one is that I think one of the inherent advantage of startups, especially in the tech sector, and especially after COVID, is that uh, the whole working from anywhere. So I think if they encourage um, and bring more women on board can work from home, which is what they need, I think it's uh, clearly a very, very strong area. But I think more importantly, what happens in the startup world, we have many skills for which they need a experienced person, but not full-time. And there, I think it becomes very uh, useful for them to tap the women who may not want to come full-time into the career, so to speak. So if they are into full-time into career, you know, again, like the startup advantage is that deliverables are very clear. Unlike large companies who put the rules because, you know, it's very hard to define, how very hard to track and manage. Startups is very easy. So they can be very flexible. But at the same time, the nature of the startup is that uh, the pressure is very high. You have to really be slogging it during the period when, you know, some delivery has to be done. The cycle times are very short. People here, when you say it will take a month, you know, their jaws fall to the floor. How can it take a month? So, you know, the it's a very, very different cycle times which are there. But there are many places in which they can be very useful in terms of giving flexibility. But I think very importantly in being able to tap specialized skills, which they don't need full time. You know, whether it's a, as an architect, whether it's a marketing person, whether it is running a campaign for you, sales campaign for you, or building certain things which go as part of productization 
but may not be part of the core. Some of those things can be easily, you know, they can be brought in. In case the woman is not able to go full time and being able to take that pressure along with the uh, family. Two related questions. See, one thing which I'm also hearing from a lot of people is this, yeah, while work from home gives some flexibility in terms of, uh, say, at least reducing the commute and being located wherever you are most comfortable, the distractions at home, as well as the competing demands on your time, saying suddenly maybe the kid needs something or there is a, you know, with online classes, maybe something doesn't work or there may be those kinds of interruptions. So how can you kind of stay focused? The related thing is, while, yes, there are a lot of roles that can be part-time, but ultimately, if software is a team sport, there must be times when at least everybody is available to connect. But in a startup, when there are a lot of things that are moving, how can we make this easier? Because sometimes I've also noticed that uh, some women say that even in my team, one of them says that let us have a call early in the morning before the kids get up or you know, before they get ready to school and all that. Whereas some others prefer late in the afternoon. So to adjust first, there is a need for understanding. So how do you create that understanding? Particularly when you're not face-to-face and you're only either a Zoom or nowadays people don't even turn on the videos. I think to be a blended model, uh, Guru, where uh, there should be an option to, and blended and flexible model, where uh, you have an option to go to office, you connect once or twice a week or something. And then rest of the time, when you require to be at home, you work from home. But uh, in terms of, I think COVID is a very different time. So, because we don't expect the kids to be around uh, they are supposed to be in school for so many hours and uh, that's when women would choose to work if they are working part-time. But if they were to be on full-time, they would have a support system at home. COVID uh, just broke that support system. We didn't have a support system at home because no helps, no other uh, thing. And uh, so I think that is a very different time. So otherwise, they need to have, when they're working, they need to have somebody to taking care of the children if they're around. If they're very small children, they need to have somebody. I, I think we can't go by just to COVID times. And they have to be available for calls or whatever. So I think they have to put a system in place if they want to be working. Yes, I think, Shimu, uh, this is a place where, you know, if you go to the West, and you have also worked there, I mean, you ask for a meeting, and uh, women, and sometimes men also are taking care of kids. They very bluntly say, no, I have to take my daughter for tennis, so I can't have a call during this time. So can we do before or after that? Yeah. They're very unapologetic about it. I think here we tend to get a little apologetic and uh, unadjusting. Mm. So when I agree that I think the model which will evolve is the one of flexibility. Mm-hmm. So right now, work from home has become a mandate, not really a flexibility. Mm. So once it converts to that, you can also work from home. You can also work from office. Then, you know, you for uh, you know you have to have team bonding. I mean, nothing can replace face-to-face bonding with you, spending that time. And people need that. I mean, you also need to be out of home. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's good present. So, uh, I think that flexibility will happen. I completely agree with Manju that it's not that kids will be at home all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you will, people will start getting the helps at home, which a lot of them uh, were not and some are still not. But I think the more important part is that as a society, as a, a workforce, we have to be very clear about it. That yeah, at this time, this happens. So this is one of the considerations, you know, synchronizing calendars is always a challenge, right? And I think corporate will tell you. 
and this is one of the reasons for calendars to be synchronized so it has to be done and i'm not even uh, coming to the point where that you know men also need to take responsibility this can't be just a women's role i'm saying that that aside that this has to be a a part which everyone has to understand yeah so that's an interesting point when you say men have to take responsibility you know how can men understand how best they can support you know my take is i don't think uh, indian men are very averse to it a lot of times they don't do it because as a society we uh, it's unacceptable in some sense so for uh, women to say that i am dropping out of work because i will take care of kids is acceptable it's not acceptable for a man to say that mm. i mean i have, have i know some i know of only one case and i'm sure there will be more where i know the husband dropped out because my wife's career was doing very well oh so i will take a three year break or four year break and take care of kids and then go back to work okay uh, i know of only one case i mean very well because that uh, uh, women she used to work with the me uh, mm. and only when she got a new role which meant her move uh, traveling okay and said i will you go ahead and do it hmm. and this is a very good opportunity and my career is not going anywhere but i see very rarely have me i remember i was aghast when i heard about it i mean i was impressed but you know it was a shock maybe a pleasant shock but it was still a shock so it's not a norm ha ha you know this happens this is the right thing to do so i think a lot of those social norms is what inhibits a lot of people Yeah, so I think there has to be a here. I uh, what he's saying is a very it's a very different level. But what I'm saying is at the at the core level, at the at the basic level, the mindset has to change. Where the when even when the girls are raised, they are supposed to the they are the they are always taught that you are the primary caretaker of the family. I feel that there it has to change and say that okay, equally. it's equal responsibility so even when the men help at home they do it as if it's a favor to the women that i think that has to change where it has to be every both people's job to take care of the kids and then how you manage it obviously has to be balanced but it's still seen as a primarily women's responsibility to take care of the family so that has to change and women also has to be have, have to be taught that it is not just your responsibility that's when it will change. i think it will take few generations yeah because what i know is there is always a question of role model you don't see your parents you know you see your parents doing one way mm-hmm. you grow up doing that i do see a lot of changes around that i mean um, my father i think did little more than my grandfather did we do little more than what our parents did i think our kids will do more than what we did so i think it will take a few generations <laughs> it's become a lot more acceptable but um, i think it's still a long way to go yeah some of these things definitely is not just one family or one organization changing so in uh, coming back to the startup world uh, rajiv you are associated both in the under pressure commercial startups as well as the the social sector uh, do you see any differences in terms of say getting more women social sector does have many more women who are you know volunteers or who are field workers and all that yeah. and for them probably it is even more complex because many of them operate in very rural areas where they don't have access to say technology support or even the social norms which are there in cities so do you see any differences in those yes and no i think women in social sector is, is a very 
the fact that they by nature are more compassionate more they get more emotionally touched will be is the reason why you will always see more women in the sector but um, i think if you go to the outside the city on one hand you will find that yes they may not be very aware but they're a lot more street smart and you know it varies from region to region uh, so i won't make a very sweeping statement uh, here but what happens is that um, the challenges the women have to face in um, i will say anything beyond middle class right i mean it could be true with urban slums also or uh, lower middle class are far more so you know their um, grittiness comes across much much more uh, stronger so then you will find uh, in the cities but beyond that um, we have seen uh, you know women um, having a, a lot of ambition women wanting uh, the best for their children mm-hmm. in fact um, one of the places uh, one of the organizations i am involved with uh, is in rural education and they are a kind of for profit but a social enterprise and it is a women who is the primary driver behind the getting the child enrolled there okay. and uh, whenever the parent meeting happens the, the mother is so uh, this thing about you know how my child is doing mm-hmm. almost like very aggressive to the teacher mm-hmm. why is my child not doing this why is my child not doing that so, so i think that aspiration is uh, very high um, so so yeah there are similarities there are differences but uh, i won't uh, ex- explore all of them you know that it probably applies for men also but they are lot more street smart so have any of your own world views changed after you saw manju go through the the break that she took and then raising kids and then getting back into active career so you know the thing is that for me uh, i was seeing all this happening in the corporate life also and uh, getting work uh, women uh, back to work you know with the society still has i think the percentage of women just uh, dropping out and not coming back is still uh, extremely extremely high. so you know we tried with uh, some of the some of the people i used to work with they you know we encouraged them to start and they did start an initiative which was around uh, getting the women back to work but you know it's a, a little uh, uphill battle so many companies uh, i think still give a little more than lip service they will do something so they used to get their maximum business around women's day so they will get that spot and then you know it will all fizzle out so i don't know if there is a concerted effort and uh, because it's not just one thing lot of things needs to change uh, for that to happen so in many senses uh, uh, it was fortunate that you know manju could land up with this and uh, it was a very smooth transition into this but many are not able to transit uh, you know that smoothly or are able to find something mm-hmm. able to give them that uh, balance and uh, you know the elbow room that they need so i mean if i was working in a corporate world i don't know i'm sure i would have taken a lot more initiative in making that happen mm-hmm. Uh, but clearly i think in any of the fish the enterprises we work with if this is a case we are obviously a lot more aware and see how it can be done but it does remain a huge huge challenge yeah i think it's not a norm it's still an exception i was really lucky to get into something which is worked for me so what do you think manju can be done to increase both the awareness as well as confidence in women who take a break to come back so come back after the break yeah, after the break and is it the hesitation or when you got back was it more of a push from rajiv saying 
why didn't you get back to your career or was it that you wanted to do it or if someone is hesitant what can be done to both let them know that there are opportunities even after you take a break and then also they're feeling confident because i know one of the large companies here has been having reskilling programs or upskilling programs so particularly for women who had a break saying now you come enroll for a few months then you feel confident to learn the new technologies or new methodologies whatever you need to and then put them into appropriate roles that's the creating opportunities and uh, showing that you are sympathetic to when you understand that there was a break and uh, you will require to do reskilling because i think tcs drove uh, i uh, had a drive like that sometime back and i thought it was so ex- so such a nice thing to do that uh, we understand that you have skills um, and we understand that because you were on break we don't look down upon that and we say that okay this is a, a requirement this is a family's needs and so you took a break and we are there with you for reskilling and then take up take on some, so that if i see it as a if all this being happening for women i think that will prompt me to go back into the sector and for me i think i told you that inherently i feel i'm a working woman so i couldn't not uh, do it so i had to i mean but it's very i'm i was very lucky to land up with that opportunity if not that i don't know whether uh, i would have gone back or not yeah so that is the complement of the question while uh, organizations can do all these things to encourage to invite and make it more uh, amenable for women to work how do you create that desire to get back to work in women who have taken a break have you noticed or do you know anyone who kind of become complacent saying yeah now it is okay it's okay i'm happy with uh, not working That that's, okay, no, that's their choice yeah. if they have made that conscious choice yeah. and they are happy with it so be it yeah even I, yeah i think i mean that way i also dropped out of corporate world and i'm happy with it i mean it's not a somebody wants that choice i think it's fine i think the issue is that when uh, women is uh, wants to go back to work then how does that uh, happen and i think the question is at what stage it happens so does it happen after 6 months break 1 year break 3 years break 10 years break you know when does it happen so my first thing will be that don't take such a long break you know if you take a very long break the longer break you take the longer it will take you to get back because your own confidence level will be so low so if you are very clear that or even if you are half clear then i will say this, start something which is after you know 3 4 years but you know a lot of ecosystem has to come up to support that but i will say that just don't uh, give it a too long a break but a uh, lot of shuru uh, one other thing is that we i see my friends who have taken a back seat or a break and they are really really good with their work and their kind of uh, i think the friendship i mean their i actually encourage them that you are really good you should not even if it's for kids i agree that uh, they're important but don't take such a back seat like at least start keep on keep being in touch with whatever you you are whatever is your work and then get back to in full steam but i think the drive to get back has to come from within Okay. I don't think yeah that drive somebody can because it's a person choice uh, you may be comfortable not working and that's fine actually I usually like to ask some tips towards the end of the conversation for people who are either considering a career in IT in this case particularly women whether they are starting out or say after a break as well as mid career who go through this doubt of is there anything more or is it going to be just more of the same what else can we do you see a lot of people at least in it 
in bangalore particularly now wanting to start up wanting to do something on their own maybe continuing so do you have any advice for such women one thing that worked well was that we i was part of though it didn't uh, help me personally but uh, there was a there was a group which was started by women uh, and uh, there they would meet up and uh, kind of help each other with and they will do the posting that okay this is the option which is available this is the post which is available and we all understand that this is people who have dropped out or they want to do part time work or something so such support groups would really help where women could join back and uh, some hand holding is done and uh, that brings the confidence back that they can and then opportunities are provided where then they can join back so i think these support groups would uh, really work Mm-hmm. and like rajiv said i think don't take a long break if you are keep on doing something don't take a complete break if you want to go back okay anything you have yeah. Yeah, so one question rajiv is uh, the pace at which new technologies are getting introduced and particularly ai inspired or ai dependent technologies which people fear may take away jobs and if somebody has been away for a little while how would you suggest that they can get back up to speed would it be better to look at a large corporate entity or would startups be an option you know if uh, first is i think the technology is yes i mean a lot of this happens it doesn't change one that fast what may change is that uh, you may need to know some knowledge but you know uh, if you have done something 2 3 years back 4 years back you can always find a market for that but i will suggest that if you are thinking then there nowadays there are a lot of online courses available so i think just go and attend one of the courses it will give you the confidence it will get you back into the schedule into the rhythm and it will give you a certificate which could be useful in many uh, places so in case you want to pick up a new area for example uh, data sciences or data analytics and you have been out for last 3 years 4 years and you hear this uh, happening so you can always go and uh, uh, do that the large company small company decision is based on uh, i will say some other factors you see the small company what will happen is they will they have no time to train so they will look for ready made skills a uh, large company is normally a little more uh, flexible in that sense but you know it's a little more harder to go back unless you're going back to your old job and that company is ready uh, to take you back so my suggestion will be you know just if you are thinking there's an area you want to go into or you like manju said there are groups available you can look at what jobs are available you have to network i think one of the things women are very very poor at are networking men i think just network lot more then women do so they need to network find out what's there and maybe just pick up uh, you know one of the courses so what about starting up starting their own after a break having your own startup yeah yeah i mean why not like this no- network is needed there as well and yeah yeah you anyway cannot do a startup unless uh, your network even to even if you want to i mean it may sound a little sexist remark but even there are some women like in our uh, complex nearby who are very good at cooking and they want to sell what they are cooking even for that they have to build a network oh. uh, but you know building a network is easier nowadays than it was earlier mm. so you can reach out through a online network you can reach out through much easier to stay in touch with people than it was earlier whether it is linkedin or facebook or whatever it is so it's not as complex you don't have to step out and you know meet somewhere you can just do it from uh, anywhere so but yeah you need to you can't uh, run a startup under unless you network the demand for startup may be very high like rajiv was saying the pressure to do is very high so uh, 
probably working with somebody else uh, i mean a team would be good like another person or two people and then they work together make it more viable yeah but in any case uh, we don't recommend that anybody does a startup by themselves anyway for anyone we say have at least two or three people mm-hmm. as a team don't have a single person startup Hmm. So that applies here also. So that you have to have a team to do a startup. But if you are up to it, then absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I find women who do the startups. So they are in any case of a startup, you need that significant multitasking. They are actually able to do a better job. On that positive note, that women have a lot of options even if they take a break. and that increasingly there is more awareness while it may take generations i think at least current generation is definitely a lot more receptive and supportive hope that in a lot more women now take of course on their own will and decide to come back and they will find opportunities thanks a lot manju and rajiv thank you shri thank you very We thank Siddharth for the music and Malavika for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast@pm-powerconsulting.com.